welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast. <laughs> Sorry, we were just doing some cheerleading in here. Um, but how is everyone? How are your weekends, gentlemen? Because this week I'm joined by Colin Mahan in the Hello. corner. Hello. But also by Dom Pepiat. That's how Hello. I say it, right? Yep, yeah, Pepiat, that's correct. It's not, it's it's not, not Pepiat. Like, no, not Pepiat, not Pepier, which is a popular one. Right? Is it? <laughs> what, what do you generally get? Because I have a feeling people would go for some sort of kind of fancy pronunciation <laughs> rather than just Pepier. Pepier is the most common. So, but that's, that, that's wrong. Pepier <laughs> or Pepe Le Pew was popular as well because yeah, I smell apparently. Oh. <laughs> well, having shared an office with you for some time now, Dom, <laughs> I can confirm that you do not smell. Oh. I thought it was going to go the other direction. That's oh, really? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dom comes to us from our sister sites at Rosero. Yep. Thank you for joining us. No worries. Pleasure to be here. So we had uh, Dan last week, and now we're, we're going to ease in all the other lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, kind of, we're doing the rounds. We're uh, making sure that we're kind of... There, there are no favourites being chosen. <laughs> Everyone... You're all our favourites. You all have lovely bottoms. So... <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's my new Twitter bio, thanks. Kick off with some news. Uh, the biggest probably since our last podcast was the Scorpio. Mm. Uh, so it was rumoured though that the Scorpio specs were going to be announced and then it was confirmed they were going to be announced and then indeed they were <laughs> on uh, Digital Foundry, care of Eurogamer. Um, did so, I, have you guys had a look at the specs? I did. I just kind of it, my eyes glazed over, my brain evaporated. I tried to understand as much as I could. <laughs> well, it, that's the interesting thing about this is that yes, of course, there are people out there who totally understand the teraflops and the flips and everything, but the majority of us are, are looking at it and going, "Does does it make things look nice? Oh, it does it does make things look nice or great?" <laughs> Generally speaking. No, yeah, like because the the main takeaway is that it is more powerful than the PlayStation Four Pro, mm -hmm. and yes. will yeah will make your old games look nicer as well. Yeah, basically, even backwards compatible stuff, which I found quite impressive, like yeah. how it manages to take a three sixty game and be like, no, 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 this is the game now. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, Scorpio. Yeah, was it was anyone expecting more though? Were you expecting to see? Because I was a little bit. I was expecting to maybe see see footage of I don't know Crackdown 3 or like mm. sort of would be kind of more impactful see see an upcoming Xbox One game actually running on it I think they're probably keeping that in the bank for E3 right mm. this going by Digital Foundry for this stuff it's very gonna, it's always going to be really really uh, machine heavy I guess so that's I think that was interesting I agree though I think we saw some what Forza Forza demo in there that was the kind of the footage we saw it just looked mm. great but yeah I think you're saying about expecting more. A price point would be nice. Mm. Especially now they've said, like, here are the, all the things that are going to be in the machine. We could probably cost about this much if you go on eBay and look at all the parts and whatever. Yeah. So how much is the whole box going to be? And Microsoft going to sell it for a loss like Sony do sometimes with their consoles? It's going to be really interesting to mm. see how that kind of goes out, if it's going to be a real competitor or if it's going to be a super-duper premium machine. Well, speaking of, Digital Foundry made a guess at mm. a price based on what was in it. Uh, and came out with uh, that it could be around four nine nine dollars, which will be about four nine nine, nine, nine pounds. pounds. <laughs> uh, that joke's never going to get old. I'm going to keep making that joke, um, which is pretty good. I mean, considering you know, Dom, your Dom, Dan was throwing around like, oh, it could be seven hundred quid. Like, yeah, I heard eight hundred as well, yeah. estimates wise. So, 
It's an interesting point. It's going to throw the kind of console market into yeah. array, into like disarray. If it, it would be, out. I think they kind of watch you because you remember when the last gen launched, and Xbox did their whole television thing, and then <laughs> and then Sony just kind of went, "It's amazing and it's really cheap." Like <laughs> this is Microsoft's version of that yeah. now for the mid console refresh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they kind of want that sort of gotcha moment. Yeah, so absolutely. I think yeah the doing all the tech now means they can concentrate on just throwing up loads of footage of games looking fucking awesome <laughs> and then and then yeah they'll just go like and it's 150 pounds fuck you like, <laughs> mic drop phil spencer yeah exactly <laughs> well, we, like would you buy it alice would you would you actually purchase a scorpio for, for if it if it was even 500 based on this i'm more likely to purchase a scorpio than Pro, okay, mm. but the thing is, for either of them, I still feel like I need to get a 4K telly. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. That's I'm in the, the same kicker position. for me. Yeah, yeah. Because that's that's uh, that's where you can get value out of the product. Because without it, I know they say that you can still like there, there is still a noticeable difference and etc. But like, I think to really kind of push it and to really appreciate what it is offering, you do kind of need swanky telly as well yeah absolutely so like uh, i don't know but uh, i do think that like what what they said and when someone's able to dumb it down for my stupid head <laughs> I, I i kind of i'm like all right do you know this this is promising but again it does come down to uh the games and the xbox exclusives mm-hmm. that we can play on the scorpio you know it's going to be interesting to see. I want now from E3, from Microsoft, to be an hour-long sizzle reel. Their presser needs to be just mm-hmm. an yeah. hour-long. Here are all the games that are coming to Xbox One. This is the reason you should fork out 500 quid for a Scorpio. 100%. 100%. Right? Always be that, yeah. Right now, there's Crackdown and Cuphead. <laughs> and State of Decay 2, I guess. Mm. If this game makes Cuphead look better than it would on my current Xbox One, I'll buy it. Because <laughs> the world revolves around Cuphead. Now, so. <laughs> I want to see every single cell of animation hand-drawn, crisp in my 4K. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Moving on, the BAFTAs were, well, when were they? Monday night? Yes. Yes, Monday night were the BAFTAs. Uh, The gaming BAFTAs, I should say, not the regular BAFTAs. It's weird, isn't it? The British Film and Television Games Awards. (laughs) That that has always just been so strange to me. Like, fucking... It just, I don't know, why, why is it not called, like, the baggers? I was thinking bagger, yeah. Because that know? doesn't sound nice. <laughs> sounds like a northern insult. Oh, sounds bagger. like something you have to pay extra for. <laughs> like. uh, and Uncharted 4 won best game. Uh, so it's still picking up accolades, you know. Yeah, a year after it's released now. Yeah, yeah. A year after it's released now. Solid year. So one best game, but then uh, Firewatch and Overcooked also took home a bunch of uh, awards. Nice. Uh, yeah, Overcooked won a lot, actually. Yeah. Which I was quite pleased to see. It won uh, Best British and the Family Award. Mm. Oh. Yeah, because it is a, you know, a genuinely family-friendly game. It's like family-friendly in the same way that Monopoly is family-friendly. Yes. You'll end up killing people if it doesn't go well. Yes. <laughs> yes, very but, true. But there is no <laughs> swearing in the game itself. <laughs> And therefore family friendly. Uh, Firewatch uh, won a couple, and Inside won shitloads. Yeah, as well. Inside, Inside won, won four. A ton, yeah. But like even in in the best game category, yeah, Uncharted Four won. But they were up against like, I I thought they were going to give it to Overwatch. To be honest, 
Uh, well, Overwatch got best multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the full, so for the uh, best game, it was Uncharted 4 1. It was against Titanfall 2, uh, Overwatch, Inside, Firewatch, and Stardew Valley. That's a really Snuck interesting in mix of games, isn't it? It is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It hits on like kind of every corner of the market in a way. Not every corner, but a lot of corners. A lot of corners. <laughs> a lot of different corners. Stardew, it's nice to see Stardew Valley in there because people fucking love that game. Yeah, absolutely. Dan put a good. 150 hours into that one. Did he? Yeah. Most of it on stream. Yeah. <laughs> Does he have like a little farm? I can't imagine Dan with like a nice little farm. And it, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's really, oh. really peaceful, really chill streams there. Yeah, like I, th- I, th- I think I put a knower into us and I said, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you did, you, did, you did it for our, uh, the For Your Amusement. Yeah, many, many moons ago, ago. Yeah, it was. Um, he was very bad at the game. <laughs> Just not, not a major fan. I'm oh, not a major fan. But yeah, like, um, yeah, Cong- I suppose congratulations <laughs> to all at, at Naughty Dog. Well done. And everyone else who won awards as well. And the rest of the nominees, of course. It's just an honour to be nominated. Really. Indeed it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Overcooked, it, like, won best British game. But what surprised me is well, I didn't v- realise that Batman Arkham VR is a British game. Oh, really? I guess yeah. Rocksteady, well, right? Rocksteady. Mm. Yeah. Based around London somewhere. I and it just never occurred to me, even though I played it in London. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this is Batman. Batman's best Gotham game. Right. Um, but yeah, it is, it's nice to see games having a kind of mainstream-esque-ish award as well and everyone yeah. proper red carpet and people turn up and they're all like wearing nice dresses and that <laughs> well it, i mean yeah like this is discussed every year like it's the closest thing to uh, i know an award show with a bit of prestige mm. you know because it is a black tie affair or uh, lovely gowns and all that jazz but it, it, i mean it's not on telly and that's kind of, <laughs> that's the long and short of it. Therefore, it's not mainstream. No, you know? well. It's the closest you can get grasping, uh, just scratching at the ceiling. Uh, yeah. Just, just, just about breaking through yeah. into the mainstream. I don't, it, it wasn't um, Daryl Breen who presented either, I don't think. No, I think he did it long. He's done it the last couple of years, I'm sure. Yeah. That sounds correct. Yeah. Danny Wallace, I believe. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But um, who was it who did it before? Rufus Hound, I think, has done it. Oh, has he? Yeah, because that's how people that w- whose names we weren't mentioned on this podcast got invited to the BAFTA. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, more news, which is very exciting to me, and I found out about it literally just sitting down to record this <laughs> podcast, but apparently there are rumours that a new Knights of the Old Republic game is being made. Oh, my God. I'm going to lose my shit if that's true. <laughs> do it, Colin, do you have any particular excitement for Knights of the Old Republic? No. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, by by all accounts, it does sound like it does sound like this is more than a, a rumor. Like this sounds pretty, uh, pretty uh, like the the guy who um, who kind of who started this rumor, I suppose, was Liam Robertson, who is of Unseen sixty four, and he I, I don't know he he seems to be quite close to uh, anonymous sources and all that, and has. Uh, revealed other things about other projects as well, so he's quite he's quite reliable, and yeah, it's apparently Bioware Austin who ah. is looking after the development, not Kotor three either. It is, yeah, but it's not a. It's weird. I suppose it's sort of like a reboot, but it's he described it. Uh, this Robertson he described it as wiping the slate clean. 
and kind of working off of the the new Star Wars canon because it's from because was it episode se- uh, when episode seven was coming out they basically Disney or whoever said that it was like just the films and the Clone Wars was it it was uh, whatever it was but they were like this that is Star was Wars canon. canon yeah like they were like everything else is not yeah like all the games all the comic books everything else forget about it so yeah it looks like this KOTOR, if it does come to pass, will be working off of the new Star Wars kind of stuff. I guess that makes sense in kind of like Disney's overall scheme for Star Wars. Last year we had Rogue One drop in between the two episodes. If Mm -hmm. we get a game drop in between the final two episodes, that would kind of make sense in the kind of rhythm of what they're going for, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Do you reckon reckon E3? Potentially. I I mean, if it would be uh, like if if they're announced that on the EA stage that would be fucking massive right like even though uh, like I have no like I just have no love for Star Wars whatsoever <laughs> I know a few other people do so uh, and even KOTOR itself because was it you'll have to excuse my ignorance here now but is it KOTOR is the one they like they the royal they yeah <laughs> and KOTOR 2 is the one that people are a bit iffy kind of if, iffy or on it's kind of like Dragon Age to Dragon Age 2 yes it's that kind right. of balance is yes, the, the, indeed. the metaphor you could use I guess yeah uh, but this I mean this could throw a spanner in my Dragon Age 4 <laughs> hopes and dreams because <laughs> Austin were the um, the Inquisition the Inquisition lot yeah Right. So maybe Dragon Age is is paused, or you know ha- has been handed over to somewhere else. It'll be interesting uh, to see if we get like a saturation point with Star Wars because you've got yeah. Visceral working on one as well with EA and Motive, um, J. Rebin Studio. Yeah, they're working with Dice on um, what's it called, Battlefront, Battlefront Two. So it's interesting to see if like kind of superhero films have reached that point where Star Wars games might get the point of like, okay, we've had five now. What 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 else can they offer, yeah. or how different can they be? Yeah, or exactly. Yeah. What genre are they going to kind of you know go into? Oh, mm. lightsabers! Never seen them before. <laughs> I still I think the most interested I was ever in uh, Star Wars was thirteen thirteen. Oh my god! Which oh looked so cool. Right. And then just that yeah, just went to shit. Someone must. The rights to that must be somewhere. <sighs> You'd hope so, right? Surely. Maybe maybe that's what this is. Maybe it's Knights of the Republic 1313. I mean, it could be. Because it doesn't, like... Oh. Is oh. it even going to... Because they're saying, like, it's not KOTOR, but it is. Like, <laughs> is it even going to be called Knights of the Old Republic? Because they're still doing... Are they still supporting Star Wars The Old Republic online? I believe so. It still exists. It's still a thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Like, so, I don't know. Maybe it's going to be, like... Maybe it's just going to be, like, a new Star Wars game by Bioware. Like... <laughs> But then again, if you're Bioware and you're making a Star Wars game, you're just going to slap the Old Republic on there <laughs> somewhere, aren't you, right? <laughs> like, might as well, lads. Right, uh, that momentum brand, you know? Brand momentum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Synergy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the meetings, all the EA meetings on yeah, the whiteboard. Yeah. Uh, our and finally for news this week is quite a fun one. Um, so CD Projekt uh, trademarked the word cyberpunk. Which is the word. Now, how do you do that, Alice? Because as far as I'm aware, that is a word. <laughs> it is a word. <laughs> so how do you trade... Can I just trademark the word the? No. Okay. Well, so they did actually... Because people did notice this and were like, but hang on, that's a word. Because they're working on a game called Cyberpunk 2077. 
uh, which is going to be out when it's done. I love I love that release, dude. Fucking good on you, lads. Uh, CD Project Red are the the lads behind The Witcher. The Witcher. For anyone that doesn't know, um, and so they're working on Cyberpunk 2077, which is based on a tabletop pen and paper game called Cyberpunk or Cyberpunk 2020. Um, and so they trademarked the word cyberpunk and then people were like, but that's, that is a word. <laughs> you can't own a word um, <laughs> that people use t- to, you know, apply to more than just talking about CD Projekt's game. And they did, to their credit, put out a quite detailed statement. That's what I love about, about CD Projekt Red, man. They're, they're, they're on board with their marketing and their, their direction with that kind of thing. Mm. The, the please don't hate us. No, look, here's what we our intentions are pure. Yeah, but I, I just, I just how, like, yeah, I'm guessing you read out the, the statement because it's just fucking glorious. Well, basically, the the role of the trademark is only to protect words, signs, uh, used as titles of games, names of products, etc. So it's only specifically to do with if basically if you call your game cyberpunk, <laughs> then they'll be like, lads, on. come on. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only they will only apply. Uh, in cases where it's likely to cause confusion. So the example they gave was, uh, if someone names their game John Smith Adventures in a Cyberpunk Dystopian Society or 20 short video games set in cyberpunk worlds, none of those should be treated as infringement of our rights. <laughs> that's, that's cool. That closes yeah. up well. Yeah. So they basically were, were just like, it's, uh, they've trademarked Cyberpunk so that they can work on DLC or if they want to do a sequel, they'll be able to call it Cyberpunk 2078. Yeah. Without some other cunt swooping in, getting the trademark and going, but I own Cyberpunk. <laughs> I know you made a game already. <laughs> I, I remember when this was uh, when this first came out yesterday or whenever. Well, I, a couple of days ago, depending on when you're yeah. listening to this. <laughs> uh, and I kind of I was reminded of uh, Bethesda going after Mojang. Do you remember yes. that? Yeah, a for couple, scrolls, of, couple right? of years ago about scrolls. Yeah, because they were basically we don't want people to mix up your series, Scrolls, with the Elder Scrolls. And they, I, I think they dropped that eventually, didn't they? Because I think they got a bit of shit over it. Mm. Um, whereas, uh, yeah, like, it, it's kind of... See, I, I get what CD Projekt Red are doing here. Yeah, it's it's to to cover themselves, as you say, Alice, if they want to make Cyberpunk 2078 yeah. or whatnot. Well, I mean, technically, reading the statement, they have just acquired trademarks that already existed from the company that put out the pen and paper games. Right, yeah, yeah. So it's not even... And they they basically just said, you know, it's we want to protect our hard work. We don't plan on using the trademark offensively. It's just a self-defense thing. <laughs> That's interesting. I guess it's it's a much gentler way of doing it than, say, Candy Crush and King.com, who tried to trademark the word candy from appearing in any video game title or any media <laughs> title. Which is that's ambitious, I think, yeah. as, as stretches go. And then there was um, No Man's Sky at the settle with B Sky B over the term oh, Sky in their in their game, yeah. So oh, I remember that. There's yeah. a long history of uh, awkward semantics and uh, lawsuits in video games. It's mm-hmm. quite interesting to see I that mean, cyberpunk is the newest. You just have to, yeah, I guess, be sensible about it. Because if you think like No Man's Sky, nobody thought that was anything oh, to do with the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a direct attack on Rupert Murdoch. Damn it, Sony. So yeah, long story short, if you want to call your game something cyberpunky, you probably can. <laughs> but just like maybe check first. As long as it's not just called cyberpunk, you're probably all right. <laughs> Colin Mahan, you've been playing quite a lot this week. I have a couple of short games. Uh, I played a very interesting game called Blackwood Crossing. 
uh, which I don't want to give away too much because it is, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, and it is your kind of first person narrative driven experience where uh, you play as a girl called Scarlett who uh, herself and her brother are on a train and uh, fucking kind of paranormal, supernaturally type things kind of occur, basically. But it, it tells this, or at least it tries to tell this kind of deep and meaningful story. But the problem is, is that the kind of gameplay that's wrapped up in that story doesn't really work for me. Mm. Because there are sequences where... You kind of almost like you come across kind of like ghost like memories of uh, friends and family members and things like that. Right. They all have uh, animal masks on and you must talk to one of them and they'll be either answering a question or answering or sorry, asking a question or answering a question. And then you must find where the other family member is and try and connect them effectively. And in the smaller, kind of tighter spaces on the train, that works. But there are more kind of vast spaces uh, where you have to travel quite a distance. And it just slows the momentum down. Because it can... It's not a bad story. It's, it's okay. Uh, but that kind of... Yeah, that slows prog- progression down. And also, your brother, who is kind of <laughs> the, the second most important character in it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like... Annoying children. I know it's one of your favourite things, Alice, right? Oh, I hate children. Um, no, but specifically annoying ones. No, not even... No, just in general. I'm trying to save you here, Alice. Oh, no, I don't care. But... Uh, like, I'm not... I won't drop kick a baby if it's handed to me. I'm not thank a Thank I'm delighted but to hear like, that. I'm glad you've taken a stand against the recent trend of drop kicking babies around. Uh, but this... Your brother is... He's such an annoying shit, like. And I know there are times where he's kind of meant to be because you're, I suppose, a, a girl in her late teens, I suppose. Um, so he's, he is meant to be a little bit annoying at points. But it's, just, it's a bit too much. And also the performance is so... I don't even know how to describe it. It's so kind of stilted and unnatural. <clears throat> like, the way his inflections... <laughs> it's effectively like come on Scarlett let's run over here and do this and it's just that <laughs> constant kind of oh drills into your skull and trying because I've spoken to other people that have played it and they're like wow it was so powerful and moving at the end wasn't it and I'm like not really because <laughs> I hated my brother <laughs> do you know uh, now it's like it looks lovely the art is very very nice um, and yeah, there are points where those kind of more poignant moments kind of hit a bit stronger. But all in all, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. Now, that, that, to be fair, that is more than I can say for another game I've played. Oh, it pains me to say this. What a lead in. Parappa the Rapper. Oh. I loved that game. I, w- that was like, it came out... I was probably 80-ish, I want to say. Fucking perfect age for it. <laughs> and it, I, I just I just loved it. It was great. Um, like one of the first rhythm games that I probably came across. But the problem here is, is that, yeah, it's dated horribly. And it is, like, it's not really a rhythm game. And it's kind of, I was trying to wrap my head around this, right? 
because obviously, uh, I'm sh- have the two of you played Parappa the Rapper in some form, even twenty years ago. Twenty years ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I never played it. Really? No. Um, twenty years ago, I would have been like seven. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> it's a it's a game about a cartoon dog. I know what it is. Um, <laughs> I know I haven't stuck my head in this. I just never played it. But like, I am a games journalist. I keep up with things that happen in games. <laughs> Um, but you were slacking when you were seven years of age. Yeah, sorry, apologies. <laughs> but you like, you know, Dom. You have the 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 <laughs> buttons on the top of the screen. Parappa's head will go across them and mm-hmm. press the button when that happens, right? But the reason, like, it's yeah, it it was one of the first rhythm games I came across. But it, now, it's I wouldn't call it a rhythm game so much as it's a phrasing game. Yeah, Re- it's, it's really weird because you. Like, there, there is no real kind of steady time to it. It is kind of... And also, there's no calibration. I think it's fucking completely <laughs> out of sync. So it is more about hearing, you know, the, like, kick, punch, da-da, like, trying to get those button presses right to the phrasing of the rap. Yes. More so. It's fucking so weird. And the fourth level is broken. <laughs> it's properly broken. Like, that is... Do you remember the one with the cooking chicken? I was going to say, is it still the cooking one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That is... That is... Oh, God. Now, I think... Wasn't this fucked 20 years ago as well? Yeah, it seems like it's a pretty uh, loyal remaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Fix the fucking thing. But, like, I uh, I played that. Oh, God. I d- fucking 30, 40 times. I don't know. I played it a l- And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Couldn't figure it out. Eventually, I just had to. No, the ch- you beat me. Well done, well done, Miss. You have defeated me. I have. To, I just couldn't because I was just getting so frustrating and killing my memories of Parappa the Rapper just more and more. It's just a real shame. Like as you say, a faithful remaster. But, but sometimes that's not the best idea. No, not in this case anyway. And it is. It is a shame because Parappa was one of the games that people were kind of clamoring for mm. when PlayStation were like. All your favorites from 15, 20 years ago, we're going to bring them back. Let us know. Prep, obviously, there was a kind of a groundswell uh, for it. And it's a shame that this is what we get, really. Mm. Uh, but, and I, I'll keep this brief because. Oh, you've talked about it before. I've, I've spoken yeah. about it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, lads. <laughs> Near Automata. Oh. Oh, God. Oh. It is. I finished it at the weekend. And by finished, because I know people are like, well, did you get all 26? No, I didn't, <laughs> dickhead, all right? I, fi- I, I got a, a credits, a proper credits. I finished A, basically. Yeah. And I started B. And I think it's only when you start the B run-through that you really kind of appreciate, without spoiling anything, that you kind of like properly really appreciate what this game has to offer. You can sort of grasp the scope at that point, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, it's so so clever so so different in many ways i fucking love that game i i think it is easily one of the games of the year mm-hmm. uh and i like probably didn't give a shit about it <laughs> until about a week before it came out <laughs> i think it's absolutely fantastic there you go ringing endorsement from Colin Mahan. It's interesting as well because I've heard people saying that you can't fully appreciate any of it until you get like ending E, I think. Mm. It kind of ties everything together yeah. like like a little candy wrapper, you know? It puts it all, all, all into perspective. Ah, there you go. So you've got a ways to go, Colin Mahan. Yeah, a little bit. But even, like, it's not... Like, it probably took me to play through A and it, with a bit of 
fucking about with side quests and stuff. Uh, probably took about 11, 12 hours. Like, just to kind of even finish it once, it's not monstrous. Like, I'm sh- I think to get all 26, it's kind of budgeted around 30-ish hours. Yeah, you can probably get the plat in about 40 hours. Right, yeah. So if that's, you know, want to get all the endings, you can actually buy the achievements as well, which is really cool. Buy yeah. the trophies. <laughs> what? There's an in-game vendor. Once you've completed it once, you can go and buy other trophies that are like the grindy ones or something. That's pretty cool. Are you serious? I didn't know that at all. Yeah, right. I love Yako Taro. He's so meta. He's so like, he just deconstructs everything. <laughs> He's so good. Have you seen the, the interview question where someone's like, why are you wearing that mask all the time? And he says something like, if, for me, it's kind of like, if you're reading an erotic novel and you find out it's written by like a weird looking four-year-old dude, <laughs> it's kind of the same. <laughs> it's nice that he sees his own games as erotic novels. Well, maybe, I don't know. Oh, you said as well, because it sold really, it sold like, was it like a million? It passed. sold through a million, I think now, yeah. And he tweeted saying like his next game is going to be about like a dude whose butt is always on show and stuff. I was like, God <laughs> oh, bless you, Yakutara. <laughs> uh, Dom, you have, uh, you're going to help fill the void that uh, is our complete lack of Persona 5 coverage oh yes <laughs> sorry everyone uh, but Dom you have play, been playing Persona 5 yeah I've been doing it for probably about a month now it's I'm, I'm still nowhere near finished it's it's one of those games that's just really nice to chew on does that make sense you can just mm. like sit mm-hmm. there and just I take it really slow I go to the dungeon I can spend 10-20 hours there at a time just grinding out I want to get maximise my time I guess in my real life, maybe I'm not stressed enough because I love stressing myself out in Persona. Like every <laughs> single day, it's like, what What do I do? How do I maximize this time? Oh my God. Do I study? Do I hang out with my friends? It's just, it's making me an anxious person. Oh God. But I love that. Oh, okay. <laughs> the proper emotional <laughs> impact on me from a game. It's like when, when you say kind of nowhere close to the end, well, how, how much, I suppose, yeah, how, how much time have you put into it? My save file says 45 hours, and I'm in June, and uh, there's like kind of a hard cut off for stuff in December. So that's another six months of in game time I've got to play through, and I'm 45 hours in. Granted, I fell asleep with the game on a few times. Because <laughs> 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 it does that to you, you know? It's one of these games, it's just one more go, just one more go, just one more day, just one more day, and then it's 3 a.m., and it's like, oh no. <laughs> wow! Wow! So it's, it's really got a hold of my brain. It's stolen my heart to use the game's own motto. Oh, so, um, nice. what what aspect of? Because I think we were talking about this last week, Alice, with Dan, mm. in that we've ne- two of us have we've never played Persona. Uh, well, I you haven't played any of the pr- previous ones either, Alice. Have no. you? Yeah, I have not. Uh, so, like, what is it? The social aspect is your favorite part because that seems to be the most popular. That I think that's definitely what makes it so unique using the kind of social side to kind of power yourself up in the dungeons. It's just something that you don't see a lot of games do, that kind of crossover between like kind of real worldish and dungeon crawling parts of it. It's really nice. Uh, but for me, it's, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of the kind of parent series, Shin Megami Tensei or Megaten. Okay. And this game seems to have a lot more elements of that in it than the previous Personas did. So this time you can actually talk to demons and recruit them a la Pokemon for adults, I guess. So you can talk to everything you see and like recruit them back rather than fusing or being lucky and getting the right cards fall into your lap, as it were. So it's it's a lot more... You've got to make a lot more active decisions than kind of passive ones in this. And I really, really like that game style. It makes you prioritise a lot of different things. And even when you go into the dungeons, there's a kind of like priority list you need to think about as opposed to when you're in the day-to-day, you know, am I going to spend time with friends or am I going to upgrade my stats or am I going to just go to bed? So mm-hmm. there's it's so many things that are always firing off at once and it just makes every hour you spend with it, it never gets dull because of that. There are so many different aspects for you to fire upon at any one time. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, it really it really appeals to the deep JRPG nerd in me. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like trying to figure out the mathematical way of doing all the best things all the time. It's really 
10 out of 10 for that, I'd say. What did you think about the whole streaming thing? Because we didn't, <laughs> we hadn't touched on this before, but so I, that, um, for yeah, those who don't gonna, know. That can happen like the day after the last podcast, I think. Mm. Yeah. So for those who don't know, when the game was commercially re- released in, well, this is a weird thing. It's, so it, it's been out in Japan for like, what, six months? Six months. Yeah. So there are already full playthroughs on YouTube just in Japanese. Yep. Um, and there are English guides as well. Yeah. For English everything. guides, mm. all this kind of stuff. Uh, but, the American publishers asked people, to, and people, not press, like people who had the game. If you bought it, generally speaking, yeah. Yeah, just, so, just your average schmo who bought the game <laughs> to not stream it past the 7th of July mm-hmm. uh, and no spoilers. And all, and so the screenshots were native PS4 screenshots were turned off as well mm. um, on pain of getting your channel like shut down on, on Twitch Getting and stuff. DMCA to hell. Yeah, right? DMCA yeah. or like it was weird and also like the internet is a thing, dude. Yeah, like, you can't stop this. If anything, I think that's quite a mark of aggression and people are gonna try and intentionally see how far they can push it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Yeah. I saw the day after that, um there was a bot going around. If you tweeted the word Persona five or P five and spoilers, a bot was set up that would tweet endgame spoilers at you. So by Atlas doing that, it seemed to have antagonized people almost to be like, you're trying to stop spoilers? I'll put spoilers out there. Yeah. yeah. So that's a shame. I understand their thinking. I guess it's a very story driven game. Yeah. But people that want to avoid spoilers have learned to avoid spoilers on the internet, Just I'd say. don't fucking look at stuff. And it's like when you, you can't try and police people who are after buying it. Right. You know, I, like I, once it's out, it's out. Yeah, I get the press. If you if you sign an, an NDA to get yeah. a review code or something, I understand that they they say don't show any more than this. Fine. Yeah, understandable. Totally that, understandable. Yeah. But for to do it to the general public, like I think that's a that's putting a lot of trust in your audience. <laughs> it's not enforceable at all. Yeah, exactly. like in any way. Uh, I have seen a few DMCA's. I've seen a few channel takedowns as a result of it, and I think that's absolutely incredible that they've managed to do that. Yeah. Whether it's suspensions or permanent takedowns, I'm not sure. But yeah, Twitch streams have been um, halted and all sorts. So, but is is that UK or US streamers? Uh, US, I think mostly. Yeah. Because yeah. so it was it's unclear if that extends to Europe as well <laughs> or just the US. I don't know. Well, anyone that's read it is now bound to a contract, and that's yeah, it. You right. will be taken down. You'll get swatted. <laughs> But otherwise, the game's really good. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and to be funny, to be honest, I I'm still at a stage where if I get spoiled for me, I'll be heartbroken. Mm. So I I do understand where Atlas is coming from. I just think it was done in a maybe kind of ham-fisted way. Maybe they could have asked rather than demanded. <laughs> yeah, mm. but that I mean that's just politeness. Uh, you been playing something else as well, is that right? Yeah. So I'm gonna go on from what Khan was saying about um, Parappa uh, to something called Aero. It's another rhythm action game. It's, it's not a chocolate bar. It's not a chocolate bar, unfortunately. Out of interest, favourite Aero? Uh, Mint, clearly. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. Well, there's Mint. I like the white one. No, the white one is nice, but Dan was correct. <laughs> <laughs> the white one will do. It's, uh, I think, is the. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. But the Mint one is the classic, in it? I only, like Sorry. Sorry. I only like arrows from the fridge, though. That makes sense. When the yeah. bubbles are a bit harder. Cold arrows, yeah. 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 Right, continue. So, I like sharing an office with you guys. This is going to work well. <laughs> Uh, but Aero, this one's spelt with two A's, um, is a rhythm action game uh, that's come out on PS4 and Xbox One this week. Uh, it's basically, if you've ever played like Theatre Rhythm on the 3DS, the Final Fantasy kind of rhythm action game, it's mm. like that, but with Skrillex. It's, just, it's, like, the, it's like the dubstep version of Theatre Rhythm. It's so good. It's got uh, licensed tracks on there. It's made by two guys as well, which is really impressive when you kind of figure, when you get to grips with quite how deep it is. 
Um, it's got uh, a soundtrack from people like KTB and Flux Pavilion. It's it's got licensed stuff, which is really impressive again for such a, such a small studio. And it's basically one of these like rhythm action games where you follow the rhythm for the kind of melodic part, and then when the rhythm kicks in, every fourth beat you fire off uh, a blast of missiles. So you've got to kind of time the enemies that you're facing with the beats on the bar and it's just so satisfying especially if you've had a few drinks it's such a <laughs> pleasant game to play like it really gets you in that mindset it's hypnotic the visuals are really kind of mesmerizing um yeah i've been having a real good time with that so nice. I, I can't recommend it more for people that rhythm action and like dubstepy dance music it's it's a very strange sentence to say but yeah, <laughs> it's, I'm sure it's a good combination that's a venn diagram though that exists right i'm sure <laughs> Uh, uh, anyone that liked DJ Hero, I guess, when that came out, they're probably going to feel right at home in this. My ears have parked up, Dan. <laughs> I fuck. I would kill a man for another DJ Hero. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, that was just. Oh, what a game! Both of them, <laughs> DJ Hero and DJ Hero Two. I adore. I wasn't great at it, <laughs> but I. That didn't stop me, and God loves a trier. <laughs> uh, oh, just what a fucking game! I can one hundred percent. Imagine like a Colin with his his sleeves kind of pushed up three quarters, right? <laughs> yeah. In his room, kind of giving it the on the deck, like yeah, hand in the air, flicking the light switch on and off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about DJ Hero mixed with something like Wipeout, that's that's Arrow. Hmm. So that's I recommend it if you like that kind of thing. There you go. Uh, I've been playing the Sexy Brutal, mm. uh, which. Jim Sterling recently gave a 10 out of 10. I mean, that's impressive. Coming hard off a 2 out of 10 for ukulele for him. It's that compare and contrast kind of thing, isn't it? Um, So my review will be going up, well, will be up probably by the time you listen to this. Um, It is very good. I don't know if I give it a 10, Mm. but it is very, very good. Um, It's this kind of weird, it's not really a murder mystery because you know how the murders are done. but it's a sort of Groundhog Day kind of 1920s masquerade ball thing. Where you ba- you play uh, a priest, a good Catholic boy. Good Catholic <laughs> priest. <laughs> um, My ears are burnt just like DJ Hero. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> what do you do? You say mass on Sundays or what's the what's the goal? So you uh, you wake do up. Do confession or... <laughs> <laughs> Your one goal, repent. <laughs> <laughs> you you play as uh well he's described as the sinful priest. Oh so you know, yeah, you're disapproving oh, now. Him. Uh, <laughs> 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 and you wake up in this mansion, in the chapel, in fact, um, and discover that all the other guests in this mansion are being murdered um across the same twelve hour period. And you have to observe their murder basically and then stop it from happening and you're trapped in the same 12 hour loop oh so okay so you so like like like, uh and it's all they're all happening around the mansion so you'll hear like that one guy gets shot the first one you solve the dude gets shot uh at about 4 p.m i think okay and then wherever you are in the rest of the mansion you'll hear the shot at 4 p.m oh cool. that's other, really cool yeah other characters will will look around and go oh what was that so you you can't solve every murder in a day basically like it, it when you, you kind kind well you have I mean to, if you're very lucky you probably could you you solve them one at a time uh but the uh, th- they will then sort of keep happening after you've 
But I'm guessing is like once you've done it, that's that done. You don't have to. Yeah, no, yeah. you don't have to solve all of the like. So it's kind of like a Majora's Mask mechanic, I guess, in a way. We're yeah. repeating the same thing, and things will happen in the world elsewhere as you keep on going around. Yeah. And they like masks. It's funny you say masks, Tom, because <laughs> um, after you save people, you can then put on their masks. Ah. And because the masks are sort of controlling people and compelling them to do things. Okay. Um, and they're actually like imbued with these kind of powers. So you can put on someone's mask, and then you will get the power to li- like listen really well, so you can overhear people whispering, or see dead people as <laughs> one, or unlock. Uh, like pick locks and stuff is one. Um, but it, like one of the things that did frustrate me a bit is that it, you have to sneak around and um, listen in on people and look through keyholes and things. And it's, there's some really nice mechanics. So you look through a keyhole, you can only see in a cone uh, okay. at, in a, at a time. So it might be that you can't see someone, but you can hear what they're saying. So you sort of have to figure out kind of thing. Uh, and if you walk into a room and get spotted, you'll be seen by the person's mask which has you know is possessed of some horrible power <laughs> and it will chase you out of the room if you don't leave quick enough you'll get hurt uh, but once you leave the room that's it you're fine and actually they don't hurt you very much either so there's no I wish there was an actual real a, a element of peril to it because uh, it, it just kind of feels like like a kind of nothing almost yeah. but when it's like as soon as you figure out that it won't actually really hurt you it's fine. There's not a lot of consequence there. Yeah. Not, not loaded with threat. Uh, but it is, like, other than that, it's, it's very good. Like, it's not it's not voice acted. <laughs> so when you say you can <laughs> hear them... You you see text bubbles on screen. Oh, okay. So you have to be within what X distance yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to read. The but t- they okay. do... It doesn't suffer too much for that because, it like, there are... Um, other kind of ways they get around it so like there's a room where music is playing and you can't hear people uh, okay but so their text speech their, their speech bubbles are just a musical note because you can't hear what they're saying that's really cool sounds quite stylish then yeah yeah it's it's very stylishly designed it's very kind of 1920s sort of jaunty but also a bit sinister like kind of agatha christie mm. but everyone's a bit sexy rather than <laughs> old ladies kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> and it's really it is really fun you do some of the later puzzles are a bit annoying because you have to do a lot of running around. Okay. The more of the mansion you open up, the more you have to kind of half around. More to and froming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, particularly one of the later ones, I was a bit like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is, it's very, it's yeah, incredibly stylish and there are so many nice little secret stories and so I don't, I don't want to say too much because there's so many nice little things to discover yourself just from sneaking around. Uh, that you'll miss. So it's worth like just watching someone die at least once <laughs> just to see the kind of stuff they say. Yeah, cool. And it's all, it's it's very entertainingly written as well. Like all the characters are, are quite entertaining, especially the, the people that do the murders are the butlers <laughs> <laughs> in the mansion. And some of them are really funny. Like some of them are proper assholes. <laughs> so that, that's been really fun. I'm also at the moment playing a game called Antihero which is in uh, early access kind of alpha at the moment, which is, it's kind of like a board game, but uh, like playable <laughs> on your computer. And it is eventually it's going to be on uh, iPhone and stuff as well. And it'll oh. have cross-platform multiplayer and asynchronous multiplayer as well. Okay. So like I'll, I'll do a move and then maybe you won't be able to do a move until a few days later, 
which is really fun. I'm still sort of dialing into that to do like a preview stuff of it, but um, at the moment it's really fun. You basically you're like you and your opponents uh, both have like a, a thieves guild, and you have to sneak around the city and like occupy different buildings with urchins and stuff, <laughs> and you get different resources and stuff. Or the different trees are called uh, sneakery, skullduggery, and stabbery. <laughs> the three things you have to level up. So it's, so far it's been really fun. So I'm looking forward to playing more of that. That sounds really good. Yeah, that was cool. You were almost a Jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly listen? Let's go bowling. This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Yay! Every week on uh, the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character, and you, Alice Bell, and you, Dom Pepiat, hard T, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop, then give me said answer. Do you follow Dom? I do. All right, good. Clue <laughs> number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 1991. Hey, no Googling. No Googling, no Googling. he's Googling. I'm, I'm noting, I'm noting. <laughs> this isn't giggles. <laughs> right, clue, clue number two. You can guess as many times as you want as well. Clue number two. While there's only been four entries in my main series, I've had 11 spin-offs appearing on a multitude of platforms. Clue number three. I kind of look like a mix between Dolph Lundgren and JCVD. With a little Clint Eastwood gravel. Stop. Dom. Are you Duke Nukem? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It was the Dolph. <laughs> did, 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 did Dolph give it away? Fair play. Three clues in. Alice, you're rusty. Oh, yeah. okay, you can't handle the new blood. These guys are much better than Miller. <laughs> um, yeah, so go through them. First appearance in a video game in 1991. Of course, the original 2D Duke Nukem. Uh, clue number two. I had four entries in my main series with 11 spin-offs. Yeah, four... It I was suppose the, the Duke Nukem Forever is considered a part of the main series. It was a, the 11 spin-offs through me. I had no mm. idea it was that many. Yeah, um, it's, it's loads of weird arcadey games and like kind of like shareware stuff, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, clue number three. Yeah, I look like a mix between Dolph Lundgren and JCVD with <laughs> Clint Eastwood gravel. That's what uh, John St. John models his voice off. Uh, my latest uh, clue number four, which you didn't get onto, my latest appearance in a video game came only a couple of days ago. Okay. Uh, of course, what's it called? Bullet Storm full clip. And clue number five, while my last full game was in development hell for a number of years, developer Gearbox Software bought me in 2011. Congratulations, Dom. Thank you. Very proud. You know what adds insult to injury in this? What's that? Never played a Duke Nukem game. (laughs) (laughs) Well Yet yet you are the authority on all things Duke. Never played a Duke Nukem game. I've just got got a massive tattoo on my back. (laughs) Well done, Dom. Thank you very much. Clearly, the uh, the new lads are pretty, they're pretty good. Something's pretty good with, yeah. When you when you said um, first appearance in '91 and four spit four main games and spin-offs, my initial thought, and I couldn't get out, just yelling at me, was Crash Bandicoot, it's Crash Bandicoot, Dom, it's Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> I, know, I know it wasn't, but <laughs> have we done Crash? I don't think Crash has been announced yet, has he? Um, has he? That's next week, maybe, or is it? I don't oh think I've done Crash. <laughs> no, I don't think. Yeah, in, I don't know, in 200 episodes time, we'll do Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Finally then, we've got time to go for questions. So every week, every week, we tweet from uh, at videogamer.com asking for questions and then answer them on this, the podcast. 
Uh, so let's dive right in. Oh, we have to answer this one because Dan Webb has replied to it saying, great question. <laughs> uh, from Chris Comer. After at Dan Webb said his friend refuses to play Mass Effect, what critically acclaimed games have you disliked or not played? I did not like The Witcher 3. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. I know. She's a monster. Dumb. I'm pretty sure that's an executable offence in this office. That's... I know. And everything about it would suggest that I should like it. So maybe I should have another go at it. But I tried to start it twice and I just bounced right off it. Is it a kind of, it's a bit like uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, I guess. Kind of get out the hinterlands. Get yeah. out the first area. And okay. it really does. That's, that's my experience mm. of it anyway. Right, I never okay. finished it though. Didn't have the time at the time. Oh. I think Metal Gear came out shortly afterwards and that, that, that just took all my attention. Oh, Metal Gear, I don't know that either. <laughs> Terrible. Have you played any of them? Yeah, well, I played like a bit of the fourth one. I was like, this is shit. Ah, that's the worst one. Yeah, four's a bad place to jump in, I'd say. Just from don't play four. <laughs> Fuck's sake, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> For me, uh, in terms of games critically acclaimed that I, I just disliked, Phase comes to mind. I mm. hate Fez. <laughs> Fez is your the quintessential. Oh, isn't this great? It's so brilliant what it's doing. It's amazing. Yeah, can you can you explain to me what it's doing? No, but still, <laughs> it's the like, inception of video games. Oh God, <laughs> fucking such wank. It, <laughs> I hate that game, and wow. it's such a shame because I love the mechanic. Mm. I think the mechanic is genius. Like the the fucking two D playing on a three D axis is a fucking utter genius, but it's just the way it's executed. I think is awful. Uh, Long time listener Phil Fish will be. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, I think if I was going to jump in on that one, I'm not a big fan of Zelda. Ooh, which is I can feel the hate ooh. emanating from here. It's it's a, a controversial one, isn't it? It's I grew up, controversial. I, I didn't grow up with many Nintendo systems, you know. I was a yeah. PlayStation kid and Mega Drive and stuff. And my fa- my JRPG scra- itch was scratched by Final Fantasy and stuff. So I never got around to Zelda. And I played them when I was a bit older and thought, don't get the hype. Mm. <laughs> I guess I guess fair enough. I mean, call them. <laughs> I'm the, like I'm the exact same. I was yeah. Mega Drive to to PlayStation with a little bit of the Brothers Commodore 64 beforehand and a little bit of the Master System, but mm. I, my first Nintendo console was a Wii. So, like, I just... I have no... I have no emotional attachment to Zelda. That's like, a good way of putting it, yeah. Like, I, I, I played um, Link Between Worlds, all right, the 3DS one, and I enjoyed it, but again, it's just... I, I don't have an emotional attachment, so it doesn't... It's not like when a new one is coming out, even the Breath of the Wild... It's like, oh my god, it's going to be the best thing ever, and then comes out and everyone says it's the best thing ever. It's like, I, I'll play it eventually, because I kind of have to, but I'm in no immediate rush. Yeah, yeah I get you. I'm Do you know? 100%. I called my horse in Breath of the Wild column. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was really funny. You sent me some deed. very funny pictures. Sent us the screenshots. It's hilarious. <laughs> I think you had a gentle temperament, is that right? That so that sounds about right. Good, yeah, good yeah. stamina and a gentle temperament. That's what they say about me. Sean <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cleaver comes in with a topical question. Overcooked won two BAFTAs this past week. What can the team cook, or indeed constantly overcook and burn? Uh, my my signature dish is katsu curry. Ooh, 
it's I do a whole vegan thing because I'm so hipster and cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, tofu katsu curry, which is good, except the one time it wasn't good and it basically caramelized it and uh, I oh. <laughs> it, it went too hard and I broke a spoon off, so I overcooked that. I guess. Oh God! Whoa! <laughs> Answer both know. questions, I guess. God. Is that what you make if if come dine with me? Oh God! Just come yeah. around your house. You do, do you know what? It's weird you bring up come dine with me, right? Because last night I've, I haven't watched come dine with me. I'd say in five six seven years but for some reason whilst i was having my dinner i felt co- <laughs> it, it was on the telly and i just felt compelled because you know they're doing couples no oh my god so yeah, it's nowhere near as good though. nowhere near as good nowhere but way more good. bitchy oh, yeah it's horrible they're really mean <laughs> do you get to watch like relationships disintegrate kind boys? of yeah yeah i'm in <laughs> you have a supposed we- to get the fucking garlic <laughs> <laughs> yeah you could have a new weekly feature right column dine with me Oh. oh, oh my god! <laughs> uh, oh my god! Dark game changer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you, you look at a, a popular dish from a video game. You, you make it for us lot in the office. We judge it and call you an idiot. I think someone's already yeah, cornered the market for that. Actually, oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> think of that. Yeah, somebody, somebody beat me to it. <laughs> well, uh, I make pretty good mac and cheese. Mm. But that's pretty much all I can make. <laughs> ah, Alice, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> that's surely not the only thing you can cook. Well, I can cook pasta pretty well. I can cook all species. You can of boil pasta. pasta. <laughs> well, I like I I actually made a really really nice pasta thing, which I might make again this week. Uh, which was it's just you make pasta and then you make a sauce, which is just a lot of sage, an insane amount of garlic, <laughs> an entire thing of single cream. <laughs> This sounds good. And then a lot of cheese and some sma- like crushed walnuts. And then you just pour that over the pasta. Job's done. Kind of lost really me good. a little bit on the walnuts, but I'm with you in everything else. Really good. It's just so bad for you, though. Yeah, that, that, that thing of cream is... Uh... Yeah, just you eat it and feel like a pregnant cow. <laughs> just so, so, so heavy to eat. Uh, but yeah, not I'm not massively skilled at the old cooker I can, just, I can do a cheese sauce that's pretty much it <laughs> I used to be much better I think I think I'm a little bit out of practice but yeah I mean I can make a lasagna I can make I mean I can make a, a curry but it doesn't, doesn't sound as fancy as yours Dom uh, <laughs> I can like I mean everyone can fucking fry a bit of veg and a bit of chicken and slap a bit of Uncle Ben's on there you know like that's not that's not exactly that fancy I can however I mean, this is slightly... Uh, I'm going to put it under the category of cooking. I can bake my own bread. Mm. I do from time to That's time. That's pretty good. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah. yeah I, think, uh, I think to prove that and, you know, put your money where your mouth is, you should bring some in. I Ooh. might. <laughs> yeah, let's do a bread bake-off. I may do that. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I d- don't put me in for bake-off. I'll only embarrass <laughs> you all, lads. It won't be... <laughs> It won't be good. Oh no, but they always have kind of a young, sort of twinkly-eyed one who's a bit shit, but like he's, <laughs> he's got his ears pierced and. You know, Alice, like... thanks for saying I've twinkly eyes. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. They have like the hip one that's got tattoos, and then he's fucked off in the first week because he made a shit cake. It's like, like they go down Shoreditch with a net and go this one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. Then you got the I nice. I fit the bit. <laughs> <laughs> you got like the nice mumsy one. And then you got like the kind of slightly aggressive younger woman. <laughs> it's great. I fucking love Bake Off. Sadly, won't be watching it anymore though. I'm boycotting it now. Yeah, fair point. I I, I, I would put a tenor bet with, with you that you will watch the first episode. 
You, you will 100% watch it. I will watch the supercut on YouTube, Noel Fielding being a cunt on it. That's what I'll watch. <laughs> See, I, I'm, the only thing that would draw me to it is Sandy Toxvig, because I, I love her, but I, I don't know if it's enough to she's, make me <laughs> deal with Noel Fielding. <laughs> she's intoxicating. <laughs> Jesus whipped. <laughs> Oh, I'm so funny. Um, Gary Alexander Stark, would you play a big budget Bioware developed dating sim? The joke there, of course, is that all their games are big budget dating sims. Ha <laughs> uh, Although, I, yeah, I would. Yeah, I definitely, I would. yeah. 100%. Oh, they 100%. Uh, will VG be doing E3 this year? Yes, I believe we are. Yep. Myself and Dom are going. Hello. It's both our first time. Oh. We're, 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 do, we're doing it from there and remotely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, Alice will be going off and I will be walking remotely. Holding down the fort here. Yeah. Mm. You have my permission to build a fort in my absence. <laughs> of course. A literal fort. I will. Deal with those late nights in the best way possible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Harry Koo says, I can't find my hat. Can you help? Uh, have you checked on your head? <laughs> would be uh, <laughs> <laughs> advice uh, at Morbid Beard oh that's a good app uh, who his name is Commodore Schmidlap uh, regarding last week's chocolate question Cabri or Galaxy I think both Ooh. have their place oh definitely yeah. I think that's both a, have problems that's yeah. a tough one I think Cadbury's like, at one stage like Cadbury's wise the king uh, no question but Ever since, that's, I, I'm sorry to say it, but ever since the Americans bought him, mm-hmm. the quality has gone down a little bit. Do you know, it pains me to say it, but look, let's call a spade a small shovel. That's what happened. <laughs> all right. And Galaxy, I, I don't, it's the, the creaminess. Oh, man, it's fucking so good. <laughs> it's really like, it's top drawer. I, do you know what? Ask me that question a couple of years ago. Easy. No, don't know. Tough. So where, where does Galaxy fall down for you, Dan? I think, to be completely contentious on this point, I'm going to have to say I think Nestle is my favourite. <sighs> Ooh, you, okay, you, you are a hipster, aren't you? <laughs> I say that because I've got... Like... I'm a Kit Kat fiend. That's it. That's the only reason. You ever do a thing where you, you bite the ends of a Kit Kat and then suck a coffee through it? No, Dan, I'm not an animal, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know, I used to, I was my sister, I used to know someone who would do that with a penguin, would actually like bite the ends off and like suck tea <laughs> through the through the penguin. But then it's all messy and rot. Do you just shove it into your mouth then? And yeah, I mean, it's not, you don't do that in polite company. Well, yeah. That's the thing you do on your own in, at home in your pants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't just eat Nestle chocolate. I don't know, some of their <laughs> eggs are okay. You know, the, no, 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 it's horrible, it's grainy. <laughs> Bad, and they're but like my husband boycotts Nestle because it's a horrible company. I, I guess they do. Is Nestle do the whole selling water thing? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. I do feel like a scumbag now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have been shown my place. Guest guesting <laughs> on our podcast. Um, we'll do one last one. Um, uh, oh, this is a good one. If you could pick a game to have a do-over, be completely remade from bad or okay game to great game, which game would you pick? That is from Evan Thompson. Hmm. I am going to say, because I was playing the uh, World of Darkness tabletop RPG a couple of weekends ago, uh, I would love to see Vampire the Masquerade mm. uh, Bloodlines remade because it's such, it had such such great potential. 
and it just it's a mess but like a mess <laughs> that I replay every couple of years <laughs> I would love to see that remade and like just more vampire games because they're fucking great right on the back of that mine would probably be the Legacy of Kane Defiance the last one Ooh. the last entry in the Legacy of Kane series it was such a shit ending to the whole thing <laughs> I know originally they were going to make more games that doesn't ever seem to be happening again mm. but what was ending, the name of the multiplayer one? Nazgoth oh, wasn't Nazgoth, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah man Mm. stories about that <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah legacy of Kane defiance like it could have been such a like a rousing send-off for such a a, a, a vampire series that everyone really liked and yeah i would love to see that kind of tried again you know they try again do something more with it make the gameplay more interesting you play as Razi alan kane man jesus mm. <laughs> but uh yeah no just well, didn't, didn't deliver for me sadly i think like, what comes to my head is the call of juarez that came out after gunslinger because it wasn't like Gunslinger. Yeah. What was that one? The Cartel? The Cartel. Um, the one with the unre- unreliable narrator, or was that the Gunslinger? That, that was Gunslinger. Okay, yeah. Because, uh, like, talking about near and clever games, Gunslinger is such an unsung hero. Yeah. Definitely. So good the way that, as you say, the, the narrator is taking telling a story and taking everyone through the the events of what happened and then someone questions him and said there there wasn't 10 guys there there was only five and he's like all right okay and then like the game is kind of evolving kind of before your eyes and kind of changing oh it's so good but yeah we'll never we'll probably never get another one oh, of those no. well what an unhappy note to <laughs> 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 Oh, uh, but we will end it there, unless you are a VGBG, uh, in which case you would get some extra podcasts coming up right now, and another extra podcast on Friday, completely separate, and a Q&A live stream next week as well. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us. If you do want some more, then you can sign up to support us at patreon.com forward slash videogamer, and you'll be getting this podcast a day early as well. Holy shit. Jesus. I know. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, Dom. No, ple- no, no pleasure. I mean, no <laughs> oh! <laughs> well, we won't fucking be asking you back Jesus again, will Christ. we? Talk about a Freudian blowjob. <laughs> Slip. <laughs> That's an old joke as well. I'll be here all week. <laughs> uh, we are videogamer.com, the website. Uh, Videogamer TV is the YouTube channel. And we're on Twitter at videogamer.com. And we're on Instagram. Do you still do the Snapchatting? I haven't in a while. I'm no, starting okay. up again. No, it's, it's been a bit hectic over the last couple of months, Alice. Snapchat <laughs> Give me a break. or something. I don't know. Uh, thank you for joining us, Dom. You are. Why are you on Twitter? Uh, it's just at Dom Pepier on Twitter. At Dom Pepier on <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Gonna get a little abuse on my name. No, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and thank you, Colin Mahern, as ever. Uh, thank you, Alice, as ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Thanks. Bye.